We've been going through the book of Ephesians, and I want to take our text from Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read a few verses, but we'll take our text out of verse number 13. Ephesians 5, uh, verse number 8. The Bible says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer. God, we ask that for the next few moments, Lord, may you open our eyes, Lord, our ears, Lord, to what the Holy Spirit might have in store for us. Lord, we thank you for your word that is truth, Lord, that is uncompromising, Lord, that is faithful and true. We thank you in Christ and we pray, amen. Verse number 13 says, but all things are are exposed and are made manifest by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. I want to preach for just a few moments tonight, and I'll try to be as quick as possible uh, if you'll listen fast, I'll do my best to preach fast tonight. I know we have conference or business meeting and uh, don't want to go too long, but I want to preach on this thought of salt and light, salt and light, and how the two are impactful one for another. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Interesting in Scripture that Matthew goes from Christ delivering his sermon, says, you are the salt of the earth, and immediately says, you are the salt, and then says, you are the light of the world. The two are not altogether unrelated, but rather they closely uh, coincide one with the other, and salt and light can affect one another. We will look at that tonight momentarily, but I want to start with the salt. We are called by God and his word. Jesus says that ye are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. What does it mean to be the salt of the earth? Uh, First of all, we said that there is a watering of salt, And there are things that affect our saltiness. The Bible says that if the salt has lost its flavor or its goodness, what it's good for. And and salt can be ruined by the watering of the salt or the uh, the, uh, dissolvement of salt where it is no more potent. The word translated as flavor or savor can mean either to be watered down, tasteless, or to become foolish. The root word being to become foolish or ineffective, salt can become useless if it is watered down or if it is mixed with contaminants. There are things that can cause it to be unuseful. Religion is man's attempt to convince God through activity in order to get him to be favorable to us. And so we oftentimes, as Christians, I believe that we water down our salt by trying to imply or uh, force upon the things of God our own religious ambitions or our own thought processes. 
God does not need your or our input on what is truth. His word already stands alone. Amen? God does not need you or I to add to, and God doesn't come to us with his word saying, listen, here are some good ideas. Could you give me some more input on what we think? No, the Bible is all sufficient by itself. And we add to or we water down the salt of our lives and we begin to interject into God's will for our life our own religious ambitions. There are five areas or five isms, I believe, that uh, Satan will cause uh, us to be watered down by a false sense of religion. The first one is traditionalism. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Traditions can cause us to get into a rut and cause us to be deterred from the calling of God upon our life. All traditions are not bad. But when tradition trumps the Word of God or the moving of the Holy Spirit of God in our life, it can cause us to lose our save or our effectiveness in impacting the world for the cause of Christ. Tradition by itself, apart from the Word of God, is not holy or righteous. Tradition, only when aligns with the Word of God, is effective. But when we take our own religious traditions and try to elevate them to a level of scriptural authority, we have misplaced what God has for you and I. There are many that do that. I saw today in the news that... um, there was Cambridge University. Any of y'all see that about Cambridge University? It was on the news today. There was a, in, in their uh, theology uh, school of Cambridge there, there was this past week that one of the Ph.D. students, uh, he took some old art from the Catholic Church where it showed a naked body of Christ upon the cross, but it removed part of the anatomy uh, so that it was, uh, you could not see anything. And he got up and he preached a sermon on how those pictures depict Christ as being neither male or female, but rather transgender. Pure-blown heretic philosophy. religion and what happens is man has taken traditions and tried to elevate them to a level of spiritual scriptural authority and when we do that we're on the wrong road we must stay true to the word of god the second ism is externalism galatians chapter 1 and verse number 10 says for do i now persuade men or god or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant to Christ. Satan will cause us to be consumed with the opinions of others. And what we say, how we act, or what we even post online on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, we do so with the intent of pleasing others. Externalism it causes us to get focused on the world around us, the people around us, instead of having our hearts focused and trained upon God. And we begin to look outwards instead of upwards, we're in trouble. The third ism is ritualism. Ritualism is an external activity that will make you think that uh, the ritual brings spiritualism. 
Paul or Christ telling to the uh, disciples that there are those who would pray in the, in the synagogues and they pray before men that everybody might think how spiritual they are and it's ritualism going through the emotions and many of our churches around America are filled with people who are going through the ritual of religion but do not know God. The fourth one is narcissism. Titus chapter 1 and verse number 16 they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Narcissism will tell us that our religious activity is sufficient for God's pleasure. It says that we can obtain God's benefit, God's glory, God's blessings upon our life by pleasing ourselves. We know God, but we live for ourselves. We say, God, we believe that you are who you say you are but we would rather do our own thing. Self-consumed, self-motivated, self-driven. When we do that, we are no longer effective. Our salt has lost its flavor. The fifth one, the fifth ism is legalism. The misapplication of God's rules. It is pursuing rules at the expense of relationships. It is taking that which is right and good and allowing to become our motivation. Holiness is a byproduct of relationship with God and not the goal. Our goal isn't to be separated from the world. Our goal is to be separated to God. When we become separated to Him we automatically stick out from the world. Legalism. I grew up with people who loved God with all their hearts. I sincerely believe that. But I grew up with much legalism. I remember hiding Southern Gospel CDs under my truck seat of my car because I didn't want to get caught with them because some of that Southern Gospel had drums in the music and we couldn't listen to stuff like that. Kind of funny, but it was sad too. And somehow, if somebody else does it, then we can't do it because that makes us more spiritual than them, and therefore we're more right with God than they are. Legalism looks at others and say, you must live by a standard above what God's Word teaches so that you can be on the same spiritual level as me. Let's stay faithful to God's word. Let's not add to it. Let's not take away. Let's stay faithful to it. Not only is there the watering of the salt, but we see, second of all, the worth of the salt. Mark 9.50 says, salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall you season it? You have salt in your cells, have peace one with another. There is pure salt. Pure salt is used for preservation. When we allow ourselves to be filled with the power of God, and we allow God's Spirit to flow through us, then we'll be used of God to bring spiritual healing to people that God brings into our lives. Salt is used for preservation. And when we are filled with God, that salt that is in us, we are the salt of the world, 
We will bring preservation that will restore people who are infected with sin. We can introduce them to the Savior, and Christ will transform their lives. But then there's also salt can be valuable when it's pure, but of no value when it's permeated. Permeated salt is good for nothing more than to walk upon. Then when the rains come, it's washed away. There's a true story about a train that was barreling down the tracks towards a bridge that was out. An engineer saw it and waved a red flag, meaning to stop the train, move forward, and went into the river, killing 18 people aboard. But the conductor survived. Following this event, the conductor and the engineer spoke, and the engineer asked the conductor why he failed to stop. The conductor replied, because you were waving the white flag. The engineer said, no, I was waving a red flag. To which the conductor said, no, you were waving a white flag. The engineer again said that he was waving a red flag and took the conductor to the flag. The flag was red. But it was so faded that it looked white. Many Christians have allowed the testimony of the blood of Christ to become faded so much into our life that our testimony has been lost. We're telling the world that, listen, there's a consequence for sin, but Christ is our Redeemer. Look how wonderful He is. But they look at our lives. And the words that we say and the testimony that we live do not align. That is the salt. Second of all, I want to look at the light. Matthew 5, 14 and 16, the Bible says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Glorify your Father in heaven. The first thing about our light is we must look at the source of our light. Let your light so shine before men. So are we trying to allow our light to shine? Galatians chapter 2 verse number 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to say this, that if we are to be a light to this world, the light, the source of the light cannot be ourselves, but rather the light must be the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that shines through us. It must be about Jesus. Too many preachers, too many churches, too many Christians. We have no problem letting the light shine, but we want to let our light shine so that the world may see us. But it is not about them seeing us. It's not about the world seeing me or you. It is about them seeing Jesus Christ shining through our lives. 
Just as the moon has no light by itself, but rather it reflects at night the light from the sun. That is the way you and I are to be. We are not to be the light, but we are to reflect to the world the light of Jesus Christ. It's him that shines through us. Is Jesus Christ your light? How does the world see the light of Christ? The world sees the light of Christ through us when we allow the Christ to live in us. When we began to walk as he walked. The disciples are first called Christians at Antioch, the Bible says. Why? Because their lives exemplified Jesus Christ so much that the world looked at them and said, it is true, it is obvious, they have been with Jesus. They walk like him, they talk like him, they act like him. They are followers of Jesus Christ. Does the world see Jesus in us? Do they see Jesus in our attitudes? Do they see Jesus in our walk? Do they see Jesus when we face trials and tribulation? Do they see Jesus in us through the music that we listen to, through the spirit that we have, through the conversations that we hold? Does the world see Jesus Christ through us? The source of our light must be Christ. Next, we have the work of light. The work of light. As we saw back in Ephesians, verse number 13, it says, But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Light manifests where it brings to sight, vision, the things which were hidden. The hidden things. The Bible says that the light manifests. It brings to the surface the things that are hidden. We're to be the salt. We're to be the light. Salt draws out. And light also brings to sight that which is hidden. I wonder tonight, do our lives manifest things to this world? I guess I would ask this way, or maybe I'll I'll say it by making a statement, is that what I, I fear has happened in 2022 among the hearts of and minds and lives of believers around the world is that we have gotten so caught up in this woke culture that we don't want to offend anyone, we want to please everyone, that we have come to the place where we no longer want to allow the light of Christ to shine through us if it causes any friction. We're happy with saying we're a Christian, we're a follower of God, as long as we don't offend anyone. But as soon as our Christianity, our faith, the Word of God causes us to go against the stream of society, we get nervous. 
And yet the Bible says that the light manifests. It, it reveals things. And maybe the problem that we're facing in 2022 is not because the world uh, just has no restraints. They've never had restraints. What's different is the church, the Christians, the believers, I honestly believe that as a whole, we have silenced our voices. We are not allowing the light of Jesus Christ to manifest sin in the world. And instead of calling sin, sin, we have been comfortable with, to say that God loves everybody. That God does love everyone. But the Bible says he calls all men to repentance. God is a God of love, but he is a God of righteousness, a God of truth, a God of holiness. But that God's not convenient, is he? Now, we shouldn't go around trying to pick fights with people. We shouldn't go out mean-spirited. But bless God, if we're going to be a Christian, allow the light of Christ to shine through our life, our lives should bring conviction to those who are contrary to God. Our testimony should be at odds with this world. But we don't want to be at odds, do we? The work of the light. First John 1 John 1.5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Christ is light. We talked about this with Jonathan a few weeks ago about Sunday school and light. And in the, in the beginning, God created light and then Separated the light from darkness, and then a few days later, he created the sun, moon, and stars. What was the first light that was created? I believe that it was God putting himself into creation because he is light. He is truth. And the Bible says, even the heavens declare the glory of God. His signature is written upon everything. His light is here. Well, lastly, we see the salt and the light together. As we began to have salt in us, in Mark 9:50, then the light of the gospel would begin to shine through us. If the gospel light is not shining, then it is because we have lost our Savior and sin has diluted our testimony. I would love to have a prop set up tonight, and I didn't do it, but there is an example that I have used in the past where you can have a light bulb or a light fixture with some of the wires from the electricity going into a, bottle, a jug of water. And you can plug it into an outlet. Don't try this at home. And the light won't come on because there's no conductor between the wires. And I can take a salt shaker and mentally try to pick this. You begin to pour salt in the water. And as you begin to get salt in the water, the light will begin to dim just a little bit. And then you pour a little more salt. And as you add more salt into the water, the light begins to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Because salt is the conductor. Jesus is the light. We're supposed to be that conductor. That goes to the world and says, listen, 
Jesus is the light. We're going to allow the light of Jesus to shine when we are the salt of the earth. And when we are the salt of the earth, then we'll be the light of it. How about it? Are we the salt of the earth? Are we the light? Does our lives stand in contradiction to culture? It should. It should. There's a show which I know is, has some controversy over it, but there's some good that be, can be had from it, but it's called The Chosen. Um, and it's uh, kind of a, uh, a dramatization of the Gospels and Christ's work on earth. And there's some, many liberties taken, but there are some uh, aspects of it that are good. But they're, they're opening kind of their, their, their graphics while the writing's coming on as they pull a fish swimming in one direction. And then as example of somebody getting saved, the fish will change color and turn and start swimming in the opposite direction. And I say that because we've watched that show, and Maggie and Molly, they're here tonight. Whenever we watch that, they, they both jump in the floor and act like fish swimming. And when the fish turns, they flop around and start swimming the other way across the floor. They want to be different. You know what, as Christians, we ought to be different. We ought to be willing to swim against the current. Not just for the sake of being different, not for the sake of being argumentative, but for the sake of following Christ. And following Christ will never be popular in this world. It's not. And as long as we're trying to hold both hands, we're trying to hold the hand of God and hold the hand of the world and trying to appease both of them, we will never have any effective usefulness for this world as far as bringing them to Christ. It is only when we focus upon God when we begin to live for him, when we take a stand for truth and righteousness, and we, we dare to be different. You know, we sing that song of the kid, dare to be a Daniel, and to go against and to be different in our lives. When we take a stand, then we can see how God can use our lives to reach someone for Christ. Every head bound, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer. Lord, I don't know, uh, Lord, what anyone particularly is facing, but God, I know as a whole, Lord, the, the church, Lord, your church, Lord, for the most part, in America and around the world, God, we've just kind of went with the flow. Lord, we've been scared to take a stand, to be different. Lord, we've went along with what is popular. Don't want to cause a strife. And yet, Lord, when we look at your word, 
God, everywhere you went, people got riled up because you, you were just the truth. Lord, help us to never be argumentative for the sake of just trying to cause problems. But God, may you give us as a church, Lord, give me as a pastor. Lord, may you give us the boldness to say, I stand upon God's word. None ashamedly, I'll hold fast to the foundation that's built. Lord, may we make a difference. God, may your bright light shine through our life. Lord, may you help us to be a preservation. Lord, that we might be salt upon this earth, Lord, to convict or through our testimony. Father, we thank you and praise you. In Christ in my prayer.